Marissa Dickens and today's guest is just my uh, favorite person on the planet. She's a dancer, a photographer, a videographer, my like artistic soul sister, Joni Johnson. <laughs> You're so cute. I'm so humbled to be here with you. I really am. Feels good. I admire you. So I really do. I'm like, you're a mover and shaker. <laughs> it's just going to be a love fest between us because I haven't seen you in forever. So, I feel like <laughs> but I met Joni through a theater production called 404 by Ashley Hill, who I also interviewed. And we just vibed and we were talking. We're like, why not have you on to share your journey? Because I only know bits and pieces of your journey. And so I want to feel here the whole beginning. And like your process and some of the projects you've done, because you are also a mover and shaker. You just always find ways to be inspired and creative from my perspective. So I just want to kind of touch on that and how you do you and to share a new project that you're working on. So let's get started. I'm ready. Are you ready? I'm ready. Perfect. So let's do it. <laughs> where did you grow up? Are you from Toledo? I am from Toledo, uh, South Toledo. I'm a little South Side baby. Toledo through and through. I've moved a few times in my life, but always just drawn back to the swamp that is Toledo. <laughs> the swamp. If you could pinpoint your earliest exposure to art, any type of art, what do you think that was for you? A lot of my childhood was challenging. So what I considered to be art first and foremost, like what, what moved me was mother nature and you know like being outside and the cicadas coming in around summertime and the sounds that you experience of summer and also like in in some way like building relationship with the community in my neighborhood felt like art to me i guess the exposure to like real art i considered my grandmother an artist she was artsy in her own way like every lampshade she kind of touched up with little sponge paintings or she made in her house you know before passing or her condo before passing she made these like bamboo backings for her two twin beds in her bedroom and she just exposed me to a different way of i guess a little bit more elegant of a way of seeing life and a lot of my experiences have been seeing things a little bit more like how can this have my own flair on it and that's because of her because she just was tried and true a very creative like intuitive she would go garage sailing and collect pieces of artifacts or art and and she even saw beauty in like mold and i think that that resonated with me so she, just a strong tie to her i found her to be just a beautiful artist in her own way so that was kind of the start of my journey there was like she was so internal with it. It was such the core of who she was. And that felt like, oh, that's an artist in my eyes. That's interesting, like elevating everyday moments and things in life. And like you said, find the beauty in those moments. Yeah. 
Yeah, it's never been like the art museum is a incredible place, but I didn't have a ton of exposure to it as a kid. So it wasn't ever like it was never like big highbrow art to me. What my first exposure to art was was again how the sun sets and like the sounds of like if you're at like I went to Mommy Bay a lot and the sounds of Mommy Bay, like all these experiential things that set you into your center, like who you are and what brings you life. Mm-hmm. When did you start dance? Because you have a lot of different avenues that you have taken with creativity, but I feel like was dance your earliest one that you started? Definitely. How old were you? Like maybe three. Oh, and wow. it was, yeah. 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 And it was a dance studio in Perrysburg. And then I eventually found my home on stage dance studio. <laughs> I love, I, I love Dara and I love Ashley and I feel like she had a lot of jazz background and that felt like it was, it was a mix of all types of things, modern and a little, a little bit of ballet. That was not my thing. Ballet was not my thing, but (laughs) yeah, it was, it was hard for me as a kid with a lot of trauma to really settle into ballet. So jazz was fun because it was like expressive. And I actually learned, you know, the, well, you know, turning into dance, like jazz hands, but the irony is like teaching yoga and all these other avenues. Like I really feel a release when I actually bring activation to my hand. So it felt like, yeah, maybe a way to really actually release. Cause you're like paying attention to the feet and the hands. And, you know, there's a lot of somatic uh, healing practices that are coming, you know, out of the whatever the inception of 2020, where people know that they need to heal. Yep. And it's happened. It's been evolving and unfolding since before that. But it feels like I'm seeing the language around it now. And so, you know, the irony of not irony, but dance in general being this safe place for me to like really embody myself and express my creativity there. And then, you know, find out that it is healing throughout all these cultures and traditions. And I, you know, I found myself kind of gravitating that way as I got older. Yeah, I like the idea of dance as a safe space, because every time I used to go to dance, I let everything else from life leave. And I was present in the classroom. Yes, you're such a beautiful dancer. Oh, thanks. You are too. What? (laughs) (laughs) A really funky, like groovy. Again, I think because you are so in tune with yourself, it radiates when you dance and when with your work. And I'm like, oh, she's feeling it. (laughs) (laughs) It's like the little ball of energy game. You just Uh like pass it along. I literally think of it in my body. It is. Follow it around. I'm like, where is it going? I have no idea where. Yes. Oh, I think so- of it. It's like the internal. Yeah. It's kind of like Kundalini. It's just, it's a, it's a mixture of all types of things. It's like following the flow of where the body wants to express itself. So then shifting to like photography and videography, when did that happen? High school was when I first started with photography and I was hooked also because, well, I mean, personally, like I have had a lifetime journey with bipolar, but it was un, undiagnosed, un, not unmanaged, but um, yeah, there was always like a, a restlessness and energy in me and an exploratory side of myself 
that I think photography allowed me to like be able to capture all these little moments that I was feeling and seeing. And I tend to be gravitating towards like my Instagram name is light whispers. And I always am gravitated towards like how the light hits like the ground and their shadows or colors and like all these little elements that create a mood and kind of more abstract, abstract thinking. But yeah, that started in high school. I definitely continued film in college. And then, yeah, I'll tell you, it was just a lifelong addiction from there. Like I used to just drive around all around Toledo. My pastime was like a lot of solitude, driving Mm -hmm. all around the area. And just like when I felt it or saw it, I would stop and photograph it. And I think you, I was following the lead of something that I then, you know, have now turned into something productive, you know, something that you you would ask me like what questions did you want asked and something that's been on my mind is just like okay i've i've finally i've found a way to capitalize now with my art however my inner artist the little like punk rebel that wants to come out is like okay you need to get messy with me again now like stop having it always be hit these bullet points stop having it always be capital gain and like I'm I'm actually coming through this like shedding and re-emerging of finding a voice that's it feels like it's going to come out differently now because I just want it to be, you know, like no capital, just what wants to come through with this artistic expression, which is photography. You know, I there's something there's something there that's emerging now. <laughs> it's always a struggle of like being the full-fledged potential artist that you want to be, but then like you gotta make money. Yeah, and how do those two come together without burning your passion right there's always a struggle I feel like with that definitely gotta be playful with I think that's like the key for me to like keep my voice feeling like it's mine and not necessarily it's a skill to be able to photograph for a client and I enjoy doing it doesn't enjoy I don't enjoy it as much as like my playful creativity though and I do find that a lot of the voices of the area that are developing now in terms of photography are turning really into commercial and like ways to profit. They want to make money from it because they love it so much. And um, I think we're like very saturated in this market. So I'm kind of like, all right, let's go find your artistic voice again, because I don't want to just be, I don't, I, I love families. I don't love weddings, but <laughs> like, I, <laughs> but I do, I love like, people and connecting, but I feel like part of me is being drawn to like, okay, I want to work with artists and I want to create visions that are a little bit surreal and abstract and, um, you know, just something that you can't create going to the park with like mom and dad, all the, you know what I mean? Just, I'm ready to let that voice come out. So have you done like a lot of things and you did yoga too, by the way, you like taught yoga. I still do. I still do. Yeah. Can I can I just a side note like what I guess elements or values from yoga do you take in, and then put it into your own art? Wired to create. I'm reading it right now. It's an older book, but like it basically talks about. So our dopamine is like the rock star drug. Like it helps keep us motivated with things like yoga and meditation. I feel like it helps kind of. For me, it almost dulls down the rock star dopamine that I get with like being bipolar and manic. Like it helps stabilize me and ground me so I can actually get things done. Yeah, there's all kinds of things in here. This book is so good. It breaks it down into like 
what creativity is in the mind and the things that are required in order to really like create mindfulness is one of them with mental health. What I've noticed is I am very susceptible to like sensory, anything lights, sounds or like extra whatever. And there's almost like a skill in that with being bipolar. Like if you are able to ground enough, which yoga helps me ground. Mm-hmm. So the sensory overload, it can be overwhelming and kind of put you in this fight or flight response for a moment. Or if you're able to work with it, it helps you see little bits of like really subtle patterns that you can connect the dots and relate to life and like have that plasticity where you can like assert yourself in those situations. And I think that has developed in me over time. Whereas before, you know, people were really overstimulating to me because, you know, old wounds or trust or whatever these elements are of engagement with the human, you know, relationship. And I think I've gotten stronger in trusting myself. So that like plasticity in my brain, which is coming through yoga, which is coming through meditation, all these spiritual practices, you know, people could look at my life and be like, what are you doing? Like you can do all these things. My creativity and the abundance of what I'm able to put out or adapt to or give to the world is in kind of relation to this mental health journey that I've been walking through my whole life, you know? And I'm getting a stronger relationship with it. So it's, you know, what I'm putting out is getting a little bit more intentional. That's very interesting. Let's talk about your newest project. We've been working on for a while, Storied. Yes. So what (laughs) is this, what is the inspiration behind it for listeners to describe what what this whole project is? With a name too, where the name come from? A name came from a friend. I was like, loving legacy. Uh, it sounds generic. What? And then a friend, a friend recommended it. And I was like, oh, that hits real well. That sounds good. It's essentially an autobiographical documentary or photo documentation or audio representation of someone telling their story. And then you have this little digital heirloom for, you know, the family. And if you want to put it public, you can, but and the integrity of it is to be for family because my my personal desire is to you know help fulfill what could be a regret for individuals before it becomes a regret because we're all going to lose individuals in our lives, the loved ones, you know, important figures or whatever that is. And you know, I think the human documentation been around for centuries. Obviously, we we find value in archiving information. So why not do it for your family? You know, and there are ways of doing it. But like, and I support a 1000% if no one wants to hire me to do it. And, and that's why I'm not like a successful business right now, because I'm like, no, you can do it from home too. I'm trying right now I'm trying to find a way for individuals to just learn how to like make professional videos at home themselves. How can you interview like you, you know, how do you interview somebody and make sure the lighting looks good and make sure they sound good. But like, I'd love to make these little packets of information for like families to do that. And like, you know, cousin Jimmy can interview uncle, uncle Karen, I was going to say, but you know what I mean? <laughs> like all these different ways of like, okay, if it can't be me getting, you know, cause it, how many clients am I going to have in a year? I can't do a ton because video editing is, you know, it's very 
time consuming. So how can I get this concept into the homes of the people? So I was thinking of making like a little package mm -hmm. and like a how-to package and or a product where it's cards and people can play this card game of asking questions back and forth that are introspective. So like, what was the personal, any personal inspiration behind this of starting it? Grams again. Grams, come back to grandma. Grandma Gertrude. Yeah. Honestly, I'm going to get real here. <laughs> I don't know what enlightenment is. I don't know what that is. I'm not ever going to claim to be enlightened, but there's something about like, as I get older and as I experience myself losing loved ones and then my loved ones losing loved ones and supporting them going through a mental health journey where I've had several breakdowns. Like I see how fragile life is and I'll be in a moment with people. I'm loving it. I'm just having so much fun. And then like, there's a different version of myself kind of hovering over us being like, soak this in. It's not going to last. Just embrace this moment. And yeah, I think that story kind of came through. It's like, shoot. I, I asked my grandma questions on private, but like, I don't, I can't remember them now as I'm getting older. I can remember fragments of it, but I want to hear her voice. I want to see her expressions and, and the mind's eye is, is good, but it'll, it'll start to deteriorate as I get older, you know? So story kind of came from like, I don't want you, I don't want you guys to experience this loss, like of, of the sound and the, and the you know, funny little laughs or whatever it is, the mannerisms of a person. As, a, as you know, as an artist, as a dancer, I'm sure you see them and you kind of like, maybe we're in a mimicking stage, but then there's someone that you really love and you're like, oh my gosh, that was so, I, I can't remember everything about like how they carry themselves or like their smile or their laugh. My grandma's laugh was like, <laughs> like full shoulders, <laughs> you know? <laughs> quiet just be the shoulders i'm like you're so cute but those things you know they're so precious once they're gone mm -hmm. and death it's kind of funny because i'm working on a death series right now it's it's been like a slow process for me to edit it because i'm surrounded by i'm going through my own grief I'm helping and supporting friends going through their grief. And then I'm working on people talking about death. And it's like, I don't know, it makes life such a different perspective. It is 14 <laughs> interviews, all kind of like different focuses. And it's just this culmination of ideas, philosophies, personal experiences with, you know, either actual death or maybe grieving particular moments in their life or the philosophies of from a spiritual perspective or not and <laughs> the actual logistics of when it will be released to be determined because again like it's not something you can just like plow through and you know meet each deadline and edit i was hoping for it to actually be released in january and we're here in february so i'm it's a slow process i do have four of the episodes completely edited. I want to have more done before I release week by week. This can be a resource. And it's the tipping point of what the conversations could be. You know, I, I 
challenged myself to film everybody in like 15 minutes. And originally, it would, it, originally I was like, it's going to be like a, a montage of interviews in one documentary. And then after filming everything, I was like, everybody's got to have their own episode. Like it comes together again, tipping point. Through all your work and just experiences with people and businesses and what do you think art is or what it, what is it for you? Miss Abstract Thinker, what is what is art? How do you de define art? If I told you exactly what it was, then we've got a problem. It's it's an evolving thing. It's beauty, it's pain, it's processing, it's poetry, it's relationship, it's you know, nature, it's death, it's life, it's passion, it's sadness. It's like all of the experiences, you know, it's little things like the, the sun coming through the blinds, like that's art in a way. Like if it moves your soul in any direction that kind of keeps the flow happening, whatever that be, that feels like art to me. Or art can be literally like what you're doing in terms of like asking the right questions and maybe knowing whatever you, if you're going to create something or materialize something, then you, you know that it's subject to change, like being okay with that being subject to change. <laughs> I don't know. That's, that's art to me is like evolution is art to me. I think that um, and it's a part of the process of evolution too. It's like telling the history of people and their stories and their cultures. That's a strong part of it. Yeah, sharing in that historical stories, all of these stories, there's so many stories. There's world upon world upon world upon worlds. It's fascinating. <laughs> That's why I have people on because I love people hearing people's like stories and journeys because they're all different and you really get to know someone with the right questions and yeah. people need to hear more about artists and just what they think, what they do, you know, because we're interesting, cool people. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I said it. <laughs> I forget who said this or maybe they, maybe, I don't know. It's the heart. Artists are the heart of society. And art to me actually on this backboard here i have a quote by henry miller and it says to make living itself an art that is the goal and i do i that's i've always resonated with that like live your life like it is art so do you have any advice for like emerging artists or anyone interested in learning more about art if you've got an inkling or a, an itch and a curiosity, follow it. See where it goes. Take a little step at a time. See where it goes. That's my that's my advice. <laughs> I love it. Again, curiosity, instinct. Go with your instincts. I think that the the element of a true artist has got to be trust. Like trust in your why. I suppose. Like, you know, know that relationship with what's pulling you and then just let yourself like kind of stay playful and curious and not attached to that journey on the way. That is good. Like trusting your vision mm -hmm. 
Let's get to rapid fire questions. Toledo's best kept secret. I can't tell you it's a secret. Ah, that was good. That was good. <laughs> Favorite Toledo artist? Yusuf Latif. I know that name. Yeah. Favorite film? Oh, right now, everything, everywhere, all at once. That's a crazy film. That's it's really good. I've seen it. So good. I also really loved Marcel the Shell. <laughs> I haven't seen that movie, but I've heard of Marcel the Shell as well. Tried and true, Wizard of Oz, also like deep down to my bones, love it. <laughs> my dad's favorite. It's a good one. Yeah. Favorite book? I don't think I've read it yet. You have different answers. I love it. <laughs> I'm like, oh. <laughs> um, favorite yoga pose? <laughs> shavasana baby just lay in there <laughs> no really though because you're like you've done all the movement and you allow it to just integrate that's the best part it's hard for me to be like it's hard for me to clear everything away oh yeah but that's not how it is it's not that either it's not you're never clearing it away you're just like letting it pass letting it yeah. pass Letting it pass. I like that. Not grasping. You know, all that. Yeah. <laughs> How would you describe your artistic style in three words or less? Funky? No. <laughs> um, playful and ethereal. Mm. Good ones. When you're not busy doing all the things you're doing, what do you like to do for yourself? That is me doing for myself simultaneously. So I just love to entertain ideas and projects and stuff. That that really is just self-serving in a way. <laughs> it's really fun. <laughs> yeah. Taking baths. Oh, that's what I love to do for myself. Yep. Love taking baths. Get you some Epsom salt, some fine music, just, or a book and just chill. I've, okay, a little secret. I did a, a bath in the morning the other day and I was like praying in there and I was just like meditating. And I'm like, whoa, do I want this to be a tradition? Because it was really special. Just saying. <laughs> some Epsom salts and get a bath. <laughs> it's really special. Glass of wine, maybe. I mean, do your thing. <laughs> what is your go-to song to dance to or your favorite song to dance to? Oh, my goodness. Or your current favorite because there's probably so many. Oh, there's so many. Whoa, that's a good I don't think I have. Oh, wait. <laughs> the Bee Gees. Are you serious? Staying alive. You know the Wait. band Jungle? Yeah, I knew you were going to say that because I almost said that that was one of them to you because it is like it hits so good. Yes, they're very funky. I do. I don't know. You know, sometimes like the old school hits, you know, it's a mood thing. I can't answer that one. Pass. Pass, pass. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's all my rapid fire questions. But I All think right. you, you, you answer them great. I love it. Rapid fire for you, huh? You want some rapid fire? All right, let's go. Bring it. No one asked Take me. Take a book. Uh, okay, so like, 
my favorite book is probably Pride and Prejudice because it's a classic romantic book and it's Jane Austen. She's great. I also like the Midnight Library a lot. That hits for me. Favorite yoga pose. <laughs> um, oh my God. What oh, uh, what's the one? Oh, I like is it the what is it? You like sit cross legged, but you like the I'm gonna show it. Like, show me. <laughs> oh, Eagle. Eagle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like Eagle. Yeah. Or um Pigeon. Is Pigeon one? Yeah, Pigeon's one. For the hips? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That feels good in my hips. That's my favorite one too. That's a good one. Okay. Um, who is your hero? Oh god. <laughs> <laughs> My instinctual answer is probably my grandma. She's been through a lot and she's always stayed spiritual. She's always stayed positive. She's always stayed strong and I really admire that. So I'd say my grandma, Linda, shout out to Linda. <laughs> Linda gets a plug. Cook. <laughs> oh, that's a skill. And if Linda wants to cook for some people like me, uh, what do you find most interesting about people? Rapid fire though. Rapid fire. Oh gosh. They're I guess just like there's there's their journeys from how they were to how they are. I don't know. <laughs> I don't and their interests. I'm really fascinated by people's like what they like. Like, do you like Star Wars? Do you like and why they like what they like? I don't know. What does your future look like? <laughs> Questionable. No, I'm just <laughs> Full of wine in the bathtub, I think. <laughs> uh, wine, a lot of reading, uh, self love, uh, still dancing, and just be finding more ways to be creative and just going for it. Keep moving yes. forward. Yes. My last rapid fire question. Well, I have two. First one uh, What's your favorite color? Blue. All shades. Okay. <laughs> and the last one is what do you think art is? <laughs> I think it's something that makes you feel, whatever that is. It's like I like how you said it's it's the the heart of society. It's um finding I think it's finding beauty in the little things. I'm still trying I think I'm I think with this vulnerability, yeah. It's yeah. yeah, I think I'm still trying to figure it out. And he, I think it's curiosity too. being able to be curious about things. I expect a lot of, again, a lot of artists are curious and that's how they create work. So I'm still, that's still, I'm trying to figure that out, but it's my full on research, but yeah. Yay! I adore you, by the way. Thank you so much for this conversation. Guys, thanks for coming on. So you can follow Joni at light underscore whispers. I love it. I love the name. <laughs> and then your storied series, you have the at tell your storied and then at storied underscore series as well. Instagram, just keep updated on your documentation series and what else you want to do so tell your story.com if you ever actually want to be a client and then if you ever want to do photo work with me joni johnson photography.com there's like ways to contact me through both of those too or just to see the work if you're curious mm -hmm. Thank you to everyone who's been listening in and stay tuned for another episode next month. Bye.